Hey everybody, senior writer Katie Reif here, and I am back again with our managing editor Katie Pensimook. Hi Katie. Hey Katie. And we are back for another episode of Winters Here with the AV Club, and we are talking about the Bells, the destruction of King's Landing. Winters here. Katie, I understand that you're a bit of a mad queen yourself this week. I think we're all mad queens this oh, week, Oh, yes. I am a mad, yeah. mad queen. My biggest problem, and we'll get into this, but my biggest problem with the Bells is that it sort of flies in the face of the character that has been established of Daenerys Targaryen mm-hmm. and the logic of that character. Mm-hmm. She's been very happy to kill people. That's always come very easy to her, but it's always been consistent with the sort of moral like an internal moral philosophy that's unique to her, but that is very consistent. She only kills people who have wronged her, Mm -hmm. who refuse to bend the knee, Mm -hmm. and who are like just bad people like slavers. Yeah. Those are the people she kills. And and so, yeah, it was like a little much to kill the Tarleys, but they didn't bend the knee to her, and it was very consistent. And I think killing Varys was also consistent. She does have her own internal moral code, which is a bit authoritarian, Mm -hmm. but like she does have her own moral code. And to be fair, like this is a feudal society with absolute monarchs and like how can you be mad at her for behaving like one but yeah like I've been thinking a lot about the Daenerys Targaryen turn Mm -hmm. and thinking about how supposedly George R.R. Martin told uh, the showrunners of Game of Thrones how the story was supposed to end in Mm -hmm. case I don't know he died Um, but (laughs) and I could see how in book form this could have played out Mm -hmm. in a really like impactful novelistic way but instead they were just like oops we forgot to make the bitches crazy bitches be crazy (laughs) from one episode to the next you go from having a character who would never kill an entire city of innocent people to someone who just does that just She's been a secret psychopath this whole time. Yeah, yeah, and they they could have set it up better. They could have let this breathe, and it would have been much more convincing. And yes, like to your point, I think book form where it's interior monologuing Mm -hmm. uh, and over 500 pages of Daenerys being isolated and depressed and like alone and without love and without like Jorah and Jon sort of rejecting her because he's actually not into how like cruel she can be mm-hmm. that would work to see her sort of descend into this madness but it doesn't work from one episode to the next yeah like it's lonely at the top for about 15 minutes and yeah. <laughs> John doesn't want to make out with her once and yeah. apparently that is enough to send her into full on mad there's, queen there's no territory. real descent it's like they give her Not some really. tired eye makeup and call it a day and that's it hey and Amelia <laughs> Clark's trying she is trying oh, her yeah, best Amelia Clark is great this is like solely <laughs> the fault of the writer Yeah, like it feels like rushed writing. It feels like unearned. Mm -hmm. It feels like Mm -hmm. lazy writing. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of hard to get over the fact that this show for so many seasons, you know, even earlier in the episode, we were talking about like the coming of women to power and the turning over to the new generation and all that stuff. And I could accept that the more things change, the more they stay the same kind of message. But they're really kind of also wrapping it up in a better, like, that it's bad when women have power and nice guys should rule the world like and like what uh, after all of this yeah taking taking someone who has been very clear in her aims uh, and also she the show and and the books have taken great pains to show Daenerys surrounding herself with people who will keep her worst impulses in check mm-hmm. she brings Tyrion on mm-hmm. and Tyrion does 
you know, stop her from doing this sort of thing before. And she listens to him. And that's, yes, that's there's true. a reason that he's there. And it's because she respects him and she listens to him. So now all of a sudden that's also gone. She suddenly is, isn't interested in what Tyrion has to say. She suddenly doesn't know herself like she used to. Yeah, like something I could almost see happening in novel form is there's something about being in Westeros that mm-hmm. un, that opens up some sure. like little hidden door sure. in her brain. There's something about being on her ancestral ground where all of her ancestors were tyrants that right. turns this into it. But that's me grasping at straws for an explanation. That's mm-hmm. not something that was established mm-hmm. through character. Exactly. You know? There, There's a lot of ways that this could have gone that would have been very believable if the mm-hmm. show had just taken its time to make it believable but the show rushed through it and and the pacing just feels completely off it feels like they they've have had this it's like they've skipped a, a few episodes and they've suddenly like just like jumped forward in time mm-hmm. without doing the character development to get us there they've they've had this problem for a while this is what happened ever since they outpaced the books mm-hmm. if you remember in earlier seasons of the show it would take all season for someone to get from winterfell to king's landing mm-hmm. and now it happens in like a scene mm-hmm. you know like they they just really accelerated the pacing in a way that you know eh, i wouldn't say it's ruined the show but it definitely is different mm-hmm. and it's definitely not consistent with the kind of storytelling that would have a believable descent into madness mm-hmm. if that makes sense yeah totally totally yeah. and that's something that you know martin certainly luxuriates in like getting mm-hmm. from point a to point b and like showing these characters in in their full form and spending a lot of time with them and so you can see how he's just giving Benioff and Weiss the sort of broad strokes, right. the main plot points to hit, and those show owners are clearly just not capable of imbuing the show with the kind of like lived-in nuance that Martin brought to it that they had in the early seasons. Right, that they don't because have now. they had Martin's source material, mm-hmm. and now they don't. So, Katie, how do you feel about Jamie? About what happened to him? Oh, Jamie's end. I like. It's not. It's not what I wanted, but I think that one was consistent with his character. Like, he was always going to die with Cersei. The, the mm. Really deep down, like, the two of them can kind of, like, you know, look other places. But they're in this, to use a pretentious French term, a fall à deux, <laughs> a, a madness of two. It's like this thing where two people get wrapped up in this really crazy delusion that mm-hmm. the that makes them feel like they're different from the rest of the world and it happens sometimes with like murder cases and things like that mm. but that's what Cersei and Jamie have and that they even say that right before they die like he looks in her eyes and says there's no one else so as much as I wanted him to live happily ever after with Brienne, this was a more consistent ending yeah, with his character, I, I thought. See, I sort of agree with you. I always thought that he was going to be drawn back to Cersei one way or another. Mm-hmm. I think that was always, uh, his arc was always going to, going to be expressed through Cersei. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, Brienne, that was great. Ultimately, sort of like a side note in his development in his arc. And I think she maybe led him to realize that he is a bad person. You know, he is monstrous. And he knew that before, but now he... Now he cares. And I didn't quite like how um, he he tells Tyrion, like, I've never actually cared for the people of King's Landing. I don't think that's very consistent because I think yeah. he does care about the people. He stopped the Mad King from setting the city on fire. Yeah, that's why he did uh, that. That's why yeah. he's the king killer. Um, so that felt a little bit inconsistent and also sort of like maybe in a book where there's room for this idea to breathe and live, you'll just see him sort of grow more and more obsessed with like the idea of getting back to Cersei at all costs. Mm-hmm. And that would play a little better. Having said that, I do think that Tyrion 
Jamie and Cersei in a weird way were like the heart of this episode. Well, yeah, and they're like a that, really those, tragic. Triangle, yeah, and those, those siblings, those siblings, and their complicated relationship mm-hmm. with each other has is like a weird sort of foundation that I can cling to in this episode because it makes sense. And the fact, you know, Jamie saved Tyrion, uh, and now Tyrion in turn saves. Jamie mm-hmm. and you know Jamie's always going to be drawn back to Cersei Cersei in the previous episode like she she hates Tyrion but she can't kill him I really like those dynamics yeah. and those relationships and I'm saddened that I mean technically we didn't see Cersei and Jamie die I think we can assume they died because They're like crushed everything yeah crushing them I'm just hesitant yeah in a show like this to assume anything without seeing a corpse. Yeah, but, but like, who knows? Dead. Like, yeah. I, I think they're dead. Ugh. And that makes me a little sad because I think their their relationship has been like one of the most complex and rewarding parts mm-hmm. of the show. Mm-hmm. And you make a good point about with this show, if you don't see the body burning, <laughs> right. you don't know. <laughs> because Arya had her, listen, I'm glad that Arya didn't die. I was very upset for half a second when I thought Arya was dead. Mm-hmm. But that was some walking dead shit. I'm sorry. Everyone around her got, turned into mm-hmm. Pompeii ash <laughs> yeah. shapes. Right. Like and she, and she just, and she's just a little dusty. Yeah. It was it was very very it was the kind of shit they pull on the walking dead mm-hmm. and I was kind of like Mad. I was pretty mad. I was a mad queen about that one. I was like, come <laughs> on, you guys. Because the the details, not only in the characters, but in like the, the logistics of the world have been pretty inconsistent this season, too. Like last week, I definitely bitched about Tiny Mormont. And this week, I'm confused about the dragon fire. I, I suppose it's another unearned character thing for Daenerys. But like, if she can focus the dragon fire enough to kill Varys mm-hmm. with people standing 10 mm-hmm. feet away mm-hmm. and them not even get singed, mm-hmm. then why wasn't she able to fly up to the Red Keep, look Cersei in the eyes and just... Exactly. And I, get right there. I sort of thought that when she started going off, she was just going to go to the Red Keep. That's what I thought, Destroy too. the Red Keep. You can leave the, most of the city intact. She'd probably still kill some civilians as, like, the Red Keep Sure, because they're in there, yeah, around. yeah. But she could have just, like, went for where she could be pretty certain Cersei was. Yeah. Was in the Red Keep. In and one of the, the towers, the city specifically. Intact. And she just, it's like that was an afterthought. She starts burning the city and then goes to the Red Keep. Yeah. Um, which is, yeah, unnecessary. And, and again, sort of out of pace with the character that's been established. Hi, everybody. I'm Katie Segal. And I'm Kurt Sutter. And welcome to our new podcast, called Pi, People, Influences, and Experiences. Yes, it's sort of the uh, get to know you at a deeper level, the who, what, when, where, and why you are, rather than what it is you do. Absolutely. We're not going to talk too much about what people do. We just want to know about their families, where they come from, you know, what shapes their parenting if they have kids, what shapes their marriages if they're married. We just want to be really nosy. We want to get in there. A deep dive into nature and nurture. And we started it because there are a lot of people that we don't know that we are curious about. Right. And I have no friends, so for me, it's, you know. Try to get them out of the house. Listen to it on whatever you listen to. Podcasts on yeah, podcast your, 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 your podcasting apparatus. Watch it on the YouTube. He's aging himself. Mm-hmm. thus far mm-hmm. going back to Arya yes I ultimately liked that she had this moment with the hound where the hound is like basically do not live a life based solely on revenge yeah like, I have done it and it has turned me into a monster right and he he doesn't want that to Arya I could see that being really effective 
it, you know, before they get to like within a few feet of Cersei and over the course again of like maybe a whole chapter, mm-hmm. maybe a whole part of a book. Half where, a book. Where probably. they have this like, you know, an- another great relationship in this mm-hmm. series. Um, and then a moment that feels like it could happen with more time, but the way they did it totally unearned that Arya would just turn away from her revenge and be like, yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah, it almost came off as Arya was like a scared girl who was being protected by the big man, which like bothered me because like that's not the character of right. Arya and at I, all. And I don't think that's what they were trying to get across. But, but, like, it, when you but don't it just give it time, like it was rushed like that. Mm-hmm. And especially, you know, maybe I was a little like, keyed up and looking for I don't know sexist storylines just because like <laughs> Daenerys was so enraging so yep. but like I kind yeah. of I was like oh so I mean I guess like after years of therapy Arya could accept that she too needs to be protected <laughs> sometimes but it happened in like 10 seconds like you said right. which like, was the show oh, no longer okay. has the benefit of the doubt for me yeah with what it's doing and I understand the purpose of Arya running through the streets because they needed a POV character to show all the destruction like mm-hmm. down on the ground the combination I, I don't know like firebombing of Dresden and uh, Pompeii that was happening right. in this right. battle if you can even call it a battle it was more of a massacre mm-hmm. yeah yeah I think this was the most violent the show has been which is saying something you think so I think so I think they really took a lot of time to show all of these people burning alive there are some um, juicy headshots yeah yeah, yeah. some T- people get right some heads getting cut a off a lot of blood splurting Tyrion at one point is just walking through a lot of people who are like burning but still alive and yeah. like moaning on the ground yeah yeah and then there's the massacre of all the civilians mm-hmm. um, by Daenerys and by like her army and and then if we can get to Clegane Bowl well I was gonna <laughs> uh, say that one is of... also just a viscerally brutal scene well yeah what I was gonna say is one of of the really gnarly deaths that I loved was when Kyburn just falls down the stairs <laughs> yeah, and then you just see you see his head all like squished open on the ground like, like and he's like oh that was the funniest all death. right yeah I, like I that that was actually kind of fun funny, <laughs> and funny in a way that the mountain suddenly sees the hound and is just like nah <laughs> I got business. Don't care about you, Kyburn. I'm gonna just swap the fly the off his head. And yeah. Cersei's like sneaking away, like oh. oh yeah, 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 yeah. Cersei being like, oh, yeah. gotta go. I gotta say that uh, Clegane Bowl, and I think maybe this is the showrunners being smart about just like giving me what I want mm-hmm. out of this episode. I was Something. very excited yeah. to see them finally tee off and I love how they made the mountain this undead monster yes. who like takes the sword out is so of his head and of his head and the he only way the hound kills him is head. it was great and I loved that every minute of that was, scene that was like yeah. yes some definitely yeah. like satisfying high fantasy mm-hmm. like action yep. with the castle crumbling around yep. them and like there were some effective effects shots in this one with the dragon mm-hmm. like I loved when during Clegane Bowl when you saw the dragon fly by in mm-hmm. the background and actually I liked in the scene when Varys gets killed when the dragon comes out from the shadows yeah, behind yeah. Daenerys I, I like was like that. cool I like the way after uh, Daenerys said Dracarys the face Drogon really he just took his time yeah. He just took his time. He was like, I'm going to rear up. I'm going to lick it down, <laughs> you know, and then I'm going to kill you. Well, I got to say R.I.P. Varys because he was one of my top mm-hmm. five characters. And I, like I loved Varys. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, they really nipped that whole uh, Jon Snow is the true king of Westeros thing in the bud, or did they? Well, 
Did here's my question. The Starks still know. Yeah, and did Varys? So he burned at least one of his letters when he heard the Unsullied mm-hmm. march into mm-hmm. his door, and he knew what, what was coming. What did it matter but, at that point? Well, my question is: If he is, got caught with the letter, he knows he, he's going to die did anyway. Did he send out previous letters? I think I don't he might know. have. He might have. Yeah. Because the there were two scenes of because the opening shot of the episode was him writing a letter. Right. And in, and then he was and then it's like a whole scene one. later. Yeah. yeah, maybe he's sending them out to all the houses. All the houses. There's like this mysterious Prince of Dorne that we haven't seen. Yeah, we like haven't seen some, it all. Yeah, there's some unknown. So I think. Dude, do you might think they're gonna bring out. that thing in from the book? Remember where there's like the lost Targaryen in the book? Do you think they're gonna? But I don't. In think the so. last fucking second, so. they're gonna bring that in. I don't think so. That'd though. be like if Lady Stoneheart walked out in the very last episode of the show, and you're like, okay. I really thought Lady Stoneheart <laughs> might come to Arya's aid, but that was reaching. No, I don't. I don't think they're gonna introduce any more big plot points at this point because they just can't. Because they they have one episode left. It would be wild if they did. Here's the thing. I do think they have to do something crazy and big. Mm-hmm. I was kind of hoping it would be something magical, like mm-hmm. with Bran or with the Lord of Light, like mm-hmm. some something they've been sort of this whole series and from the books has had these sort of competing magical religions I kind and of, it would be cool if they finally did something big with one of those. I kind of thought that maybe the horse that came to get Arya at the end was magic. Mm-hmm. There was a joke on Twitter that just made me laugh really hard. I was good logging on Twitter like, time to be mad online <laughs> and then someone tweeted Bran sent an Uber to come get Arya and I just laughed and it just totally lightened yeah. the mood for I me. I kind of liked that That was kind of magical, Yeah, I it felt like sort of an Arthurian legend moment. Yeah, like Very mythical. Yes. Very sort of like English myth mm-hmm. making in that moment which I like that the show would do something sort of yeah. weird and out of left field like that. Well I thought it was symbolic for a second and because the the episode ended right there I was like oh it's the white horse of death yeah, man. Yeah she did. Whoa. Yeah. But then they showed her in the next on yeah. so she said So you want to talk about predictions for the final episode Ooh, the of final Game of episode Thrones. of Game of Thrones at this um, point like I don't know like last week like kind of drained my excitement a little bit and this yeah. episode too like I'm kind of walking into the like I'm a little bummed because I'm walking into the final episode of Game of Thrones with my arms crossed and like a sour look on my face yeah and I think the show's gonna have to do a fair amount of work to yeah. really I, just, I mean on the one hand you can't give everyone what they want but on the other hand like they should have accepted the 10 episode final season that HBO mm-hmm. offered them mm-hmm. to develop this more to make it make more sense. Right. But it's it's not what they did, it's how they did it. Like I agree. they could have gotten there if they had just let it breathe. Yeah, and I actually do believe that if this had unfolded over an entire thousand-page novel, that it would have worked. And you can see why it's taking Martin so goddamn long to write these books, because he has to get from Daenerys not being mad to Daenerys being mad, and maybe that's going to take like a really long time, and and just like a lot of work from a novelist writing standpoint Mm -hmm. to get there. Yeah. Absolutely. Which is, which is fair that he's taking his time. He ever. also likes being on I, TV, yeah. let's be real. But more than ever, I feel a little sympathy to Martin's extended. Yes, I would agree with that. Yes, time. I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, like he doesn't have a very easy I mean, just the way showing that the show is going shows yeah. that he does not have an easy task. Right. If he wants this to be a satisfying right. ending to the books. And he created the books, so I one assumes he cares more than anyone, you know. But um, in the last episode, the final episode of Game of Thrones, at this point, I've thought about it. And if we're just going to write off Daenerys, which fine, I can accept it. Like, what's done is done. 
Sansa Stark on the Iron Throne. <laughs> Sansa Stark for the Iron Throne. This is where I'm landing at at this yeah, point. We, we were talking earlier how she's very good at logistics. She really sort of <laughs> understands just like what people need from, she has from, a, a, plan. from a leader. She has, she has a plan. Um, like Elizabeth Warren, which we um, won't get into yeah. or I'll get very upset. <laughs> but Sansa Stark has a plan. And uh, I mean, uh, some of my predictions are born out of texting with my family this morning. Oh, but, interesting. Um, okay. They're all book readers like me. Like, we all have, uh, Okay. Have, my my mom theories, is like, but. I listen to your podcast, honey. And I'm like, but mom, you don't watch that show. Aww. And she was like, yeah, I didn't really understand it, but you did great. <laughs> like, Thanks, mom. Hi, mom. That's so sweet. <laughs> um, yeah, my family's like, but what about this theory that I saw on Reddit? Oh, and I love like, it. Oh, my what, God. What, is so, the, what does your family so, so, think? So some of the theories that we've been texting about this morning, one is that Daenerys is going to try to Dracarys John. She's going to she's gonna burn him, and he's also going to be unburnt. He's going to emerge from the fire unscathed, just like Daenerys did. Yeah. And, and he's going to be like, what's up now? I'm a Targaryen. And then, well, they all know. They already know he's a Targaryen. Yeah, well, I guess everyone would prove, know. Yeah, like everyone would, be, would know he was a Targaryen. This would be proof of, of his parentage. Yeah, because you're right. It's just like a couple people say he is. Right. Daenerys can be like, "Well, I'm going to kill you," and then this will be his moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think that's that a, that's a um, good because they did some. There was. The next on was very vague, but mm-hmm. they showed a shot of all the Unsullied and the Dothraki all lined up mm-hmm. on the stairs to somewhere. I'm not sure where because everywhere is Everywhere's pretty rubble. Come on now. Yeah. But um, it, it was like, it was practically, I keep making Star Wars references. I'm very sorry if you don't know Star Wars. But it was very Darth Vader kind mm-hmm. of moment, her coming out with her, you know, minions right. on either side. And um, that could be the scene that you are describing. Right. Um, and, and my other prediction is that... Um, I think Jon Snow truly doesn't want to sit on the Iron Throne, and the Lord of Light brought him back for a reason, which mm-hmm. uh, Melisandre made clear. Mm-hmm. You know that Beric Dondarrion was Der- also brought back for a reason, yes. just like to sort of keep Arya alive so she could kill the Night King. So I think like right. the Lord of Light has like a purpose for people who he brings back from the dead, and it's possible that the reason Jon was brought back was to kill Daenerys, possible. and then someone else could sit on the Iron Throne. And who Sansa. else? Who else is a uh, from a noble house who has technically Targaryen blood and who doesn't want to sit in the Iron Throne is Gendry Baratheon. Oh! Because Robert's mother or Robert's grandmother was a Targaryen. Okay. So you could argue that he actually fits all the qualifications or, that Jon Snow also fits. But if Jon Snow is going to die after he kills Daenerys, then maybe Gendry will take Or if it. they come in totally wild in the ending, there is that fan theory that Tyrion is a Targaryen. True. Yeah. That could be a big, yeah. I think that could clearly, be a big surprise. Clearly the writers are more concerned because with Tyrion, upending expectations than Because anything. Tyrion is very much at this point in the story prepared yeah. to die, I think. And he is he, also the most measured, the most executed. moral sort of character. Yeah, he would be a good ruler. He would, yeah. he'd have a lot of cleaning up to do, though. Like, after this point, like, I just, I mean... Definitely Daenerys, if she stays on the throne, will have to rule with fear her entire Well, and she's also going to be ruling reign. over a city of rubble. It's like, yeah. what was the point of all that? Yeah. Whoever's left is going to hate her. Absolutely right. hate her. Right. So, so someone good needs to step up and, and take over and yeah, just clean things up. Yeah, I her. think there is going to be some sort of big public reckoning between Daenerys and the other characters. Mm-hmm. But 
Every time we make a prediction about Game of Thrones, right. it's completely wrong. No, we're, we're putting this in posterity in this podcast so that we can be proven very wrong later. <laughs> Every week, time. I don't think these things are going to happen because I've never been right. Listen, I thought far. Varys was going to save the day yeah. last week, and that's definitely not true. R.I.P., man. Master of Whispers. Well, Ooh. I think we have to wrap up now. But yeah. it's been good. I'm looking forward to the final episode. Much like Game of Thrones. I have no idea. It's time. Our, we our got watch has ended. <laughs> we have a limited amount of time, much like the show Game of Thrones. Um, so please, we are on iTunes and everywhere you can find your podcast. Please listen, rate, subscribe, come in in the little clutch, guys. Uh, and also, while you're there, we have another podcast called Dial M for Maple for all you Riverdale fans out there. So join us for that and come back next week. It's the big day that we've all been waiting for for so long. The final episode of Game of Thrones. Next week on Winter is Here with the AV Club. Thanks for listening or watching, however you are joining us this week. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you for the final episode next week. Oh, my God. God. It's it's been so long. It's been a long time coming. Oh, man. Can't wait. Well, we're glad you're joining us for the last of it. Bye. Bye.